Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. invite your attention to the word of the Lord, to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter number six, and I want to read a couple of verses of scripture beginning with verse 18, Hebrews chapter number six and verse 18, amen. How many come open to the Lord speaking to you? How many, as the scripture said, he that hath an ear, let him hear. How many will hear what the Spirit is saying? Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 18, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. Well, that's a, that's a wonderful, wonderful reminder right there. It's impossible for God to lie, meaning whatever He promised me, whatever His Word says is for me. No matter what it looks like, no matter what the enemy may try to convince me of, it's impossible for God to do otherwise than what His Word says that He's able to do. We might have a strong consolation I don't know of a time when people are looking for any more of, of consolation than now. Who have fled for a refuge to lay hold upon the hope. Everybody say hope set before us. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Both sure and steadfast and which entereth into that within the veil. I want to focus your attention on the first few words of that text in verse 19. It says, which hope we have. Which hope we have. And when I read this in the last few days, reading and mulling it over, there was, this just was, that phrase was just illuminated to me. And that's how many times the Lord speaks to me through His Word. His uh, text that I've read over and over and over. But if God has something specifically that he's trying to say through that text to me at the time, then that is just like it's highlighted. Which hope we have. Which hope we have. And I just want to preach about the hope we have. The hope we have. Amen. Everybody in this room has hope this morning. Everybody in this place, no matter what you came in here feeling like, you have hope this morning. No matter what you come fighting with and up against, you have hope this morning. No matter matter what others have told you, there is still hope. Amen. I'm thankful that our hope extends beyond what humanity is willing to extend to us. Beyond the forgiveness of humanity. Beyond the, the scope of what humanity is able to see as far as potential is concerned. Our hope is in Jesus Christ this morning. Hallelujah. Let's lift up our hands to the Lord. Let's pray right now that His Spirit would intervene. God, I thank You, Jesus, for an opportunity to stand before Your great people today. And I pray that You would speak to our hearts. I'm asking, God, that Your perfect will be done. I'm praying, Lord Jesus, for the ministry of Your Word to go beyond just the superficial, beyond just the outward exterior, But God, deep into the heart of every person that is here, let the Word of God penetrate. I pray that it would find a lodging place deep within us. Like seed in soil, I pray it would germinate and begin to grow and would begin to be fruitful in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And could you give thanks and praise unto the Lord. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. The hope we have. Now I want to put or begin with a a sort of a disclaimer here this morning. I'm not a negative person 
but by nature, I'm a very positive individual. I'm a faith person. I'm a faith preacher. And I believe and have confidence in the Word of God and always try to look for the bright side of things, the bright side of life. I don't like to be around people that are always talking about how bad it is. I don't enjoy the fellowship of those that are always talking about things being down and always always underscoring the negative in life. But I want to take a moment for us to see things as they are in our world. I want to, uh, us to assess the condition of our world because the reality is this world is spinning, careening out of control. We're living in a world that is splintered, shattered, and coming apart at the seams. The moral fiber of our nation is threadbare. Everywhere you look, there is brokenness and despair. The nuclear family is under attack, and children are left uh, bewildered and confused, and families are busting up at a rapid rate. Promiscuity is on the rise like I, I have never seen it before. I'm continually amazed, I guess, living somewhat of a sheltered life and uh, living most of my life in the church uh, from a very young age up until this point. I've always been associated with the church, and so I suppose that that has uh, kept me a little sheltered, but I'm always amazed at how, uh, how much promiscuity when it, I have to deal with it or have to uh, help somebody that is trying to overcome it. I, I'm, I'm just amazed at how this takes place and how little disregard uh, there is or little regard that there is for morality in our world. The homosexual agenda has infiltrated our nation's school system. Until now, uh, it seems that in public places all across our world that uh, that agenda has, has reached to violate our wives and our children when they enter into a bathroom that uh, transgender folks can, can enter and the law protects them. It almost seems that the law protects that crowd more than it protects God-fearing, holy people in our world today. Friends, there's a, there's a heavy blanket of darkness that has enshrouded our world. A level of spiritual oppression uh, that I believe that in recent days has intensified immensely. I was speaking to a pastor friend who pastors a, a large congregation in the Bay Area of California, and uh, we just think that we're dealing with spiritual oppression here. But there, he said, you know, in the morning when you wake up, he explained to me, called me by name, he said, you can feel it. It's almost like it pins your head down on the pillow. You can feel the darkness as it is so heavy around you. There is a no-holds-bar on the attack of our children. Uh, deviant minds peddle pornography and violence on the internet and the effects that it's having upon our children as it robs them of their purity and leaves them in a scarred condition. So it is clear that there is no answers really in this world. Policies and politics isn't the answer. Legislation and more laws passed is not the solution. And in fact, it seems with every law that they pass, it just further deteriorates the moral fiber and the commands of God in His Holy Word. I'm telling you that there's no hope in a political party. It isn't in mankind's leadership that we're going to find the answer. For Paul said, if I had hope only in this life or in this world, I would be among all men most miserable. But our hope 
is that someday eastern skies are going to part. And we're going to hear him say, come up hither, my love, my dove, my undefiled. That's the day that we're looking forward to. We have a hope today, but it's not in anything that surrounds us. It's not anything that we can look to here in this life. But our hope is in Jesus. Our hope is in the Lord. Our hope is in Him. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 8, 24 and 25, For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But... If we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Then do we with patience wait for it. Amen. In other words, with an expectation, with a desire that things are going to change, that God is going to step in. It may not be right now. I may not have the answer fully right now. I may not know uh, exactly what is going on right now, but I have hope. Amen. And I believe. I may not see it. I may not feel it. But I know in my heart that God's Word is true and that God is going to help me. Hebrews, the 11th chapter, and we quote this verse often when talking about the subject of faith, but I want to remind you that it's also talking about hope here. In in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. In the Word of God, we find that big three that is talked about uh, openly and often. It is talked about faith, hope, and charity, or faith, hope, and love. And we like to talk about faith, and of course, we often speak about love. But sometimes hope gets left out. I want to tell you today that hope is important. Hope is essential to our relationship with God. And God has not left us without hope. He's not left us in a condition, amen, where we don't have hope, but we patiently wait, amen. And sometimes it worketh patience within us as we are hoping and desiring for God to move. For let me explain to you what hope is. Hope. It is desire accompanied by expectation. Amen. First, we have a desire. This is what I want God to do. This is what I'm praying for. This is what uh, I've set my focus upon. This is what I'm asking for God to do in my life. This is my request that I am making known. But we cannot leave out that essential element of expectation. It's not enough just to desire something. It's not enough just to have an appetite for something or to want something. But you've got to have an expectation in God that it's going to happen. That someday, at some moment, in some church service, if you will, some visitation, hope is going to show up. God is going to move. The prayer is going to be answered. Amen. God is going to come through for me. I am going to see the fulfillment and the fruition of what I have been hoping for. I had that expectation. In fact, when you got up this morning, I hope you didn't just come for a routine church service. I hope you didn't just come to go through the motions here this morning and just hear a few songs and a sermon and go home unchanged. But I hope you came with an expectation that today could be the day that God heals me. Today could be the day that the prayer is answered in my life. Today could be the day that salvation comes to my house. Today could be the day that I find what I'm looking for. Today could be the day that the Word of God, the promise of God is fulfilled in my life. I feel that expectation rising in this place. What is that? That's hope. That's hope that I don't have to leave here the same way I came. That's hope that things can change for me in this one church setting. God can move and God can perform a miracle and God can work and God can fulfill His perfect will in my life.
Hallelujah. I have that hope this morning. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody feel what I'm talking about? Something is resonating with you. Even as I preach this morning, even as I speak the word of God, the Bible calls the preach word of God that is anointed, it calls it the word of faith. Amen. And it says the potential is when you mix your faith with the word of faith that is spoken, amen, something powerful something miraculous can happen and take place. Amen. What you need to do is reach out and latch a hold of this. What you need to do is to allow your spirit to mix with this, your faith to engage with this, and know that God is able. God can turn it around. God can do the work. God, amen, is able right now to do what I need him to do in my life. Amen. Somebody give him a wave offering across this building. You lose expectation. If you just start coming to church and it's mundane and it's routine and it's ho-hum and it's, and it's just something that you kind of go down the checklist and mark off. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then we're going to dismiss and we're going to go eat here. And we're going to go home taking that. And then we're going to come back in a few hours. And we're going to do it all over again. If church has reached that, that level for you. And if you've allowed it to devolve into that. You need to shake yourself this morning. And you need to get that old expectation back. Amen. You need to come to church every time you enter in this building. You ought to come with an appetite. You ought to come with a real desire and a hunger and, and, and a thirst for God that is, that is just uh, ruminating in your spirit. Uh, that when you enter in the doors, that is an expectation. Hey, anything can happen. Anything can take place. Uh, this is the place where miracles uh, can, can happen. This is the place uh, where God answers prayer. This is the place where God can fill souls with the, oh, come on, somebody. This is where He can fill souls uh, with the Holy Ghost. Uh, this This is where it changes people's lives. People, when they leave this place, they don't leave here the same way and in the same condition that they came with. But God moves in this house. God's presence is here. There's power in this room. There's authority in this place. There's deliverance that can be received. Lives, amen, can be impacted through the word of God. Somebody can get a word that can help them to go on another day by being in the presence of God. Amen. And hearing the word of faith preached to them. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Don't lose your expectation. You know, life has a way of filing us down and grinding us down. Amen. The burdens of it and the weight of it has a way of pressuring us and pushing against and resisting us until if we're not if we're not careful, we'll conform and we'll just, uh, we'll, be, we'll be content to live within the box and the perimeters uh, that those pressures uh, try to conform us to. But my Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be a transformed. There's a transformative power of the Spirit of God in this place. Amen. That I, amen, the world may see only so much potential in me. I may only see so much potential in myself. But when the Lord touches me, when the Lord transforms me, when the Lord moves upon me, when the Spirit of God begins to work in my life, it doesn't matter what man says. It doesn't matter even what physical limitations there are in my life. Amen. God is able to help me to transcend those things and reach beyond those things. There's limitless power in this place. There's limitless ability in this house. There's there's limitless potential that is in this room this morning. I hope that I could shake somebody and help somebody to realize you don't have to be content and just survive and just and just live within the confines of what the devil is trying to tell you that you 
going to be and you're going to have to live with. I'm telling you, there's more for you. The Bible said he's able to do it seating and abundantly above all that you ask or think. He's an exceeding God. He's an abundant God. He's able to do what you need him to do here this morning. Oh, I feel it in this place. Oh, we have a hope. Amen, amen, amen. The Bible speaks about a lady in Luke 13 that for 18 years she dealt with, she struggled with. It never left her alone. A spirit of infirmity. Talking about life grinding you down. The Bible says that this lady was bowed low because of the burden. And it wasn't something that had happened overnight, but 18 years of carrying this spirit of infirmity, this burden, a spirit that manifests itself physically in her life, bowed her low. You could see, in other words, the spiritual or see the physical effects of a spiritual struggle that she was in. Can I tell you, I've seen that. I, I have witnessed that. I've seen it with people sitting in this congregation as they come to church and they're dealing with things. They've encountered things that, that is far beyond anything that really they had expected to come in their life. And they sit on a pew And they got that thousand yard stare. And because it seems like life has has been there pressuring them and resisting them and the burden of it uh, 18 years until she was bowed low. But one thing you got to say for this lady, she never lost her expectation. She never lost her hope. She never lost her desire that someday, at some point, I don't know when it'd be, I may be wheelchair bound. I may not have the ability to walk to get there, but if I got to have somebody else to carry me to get there, I'm going to the house of God because I know that it's there that I can receive the answer that I need. Someone, amen, someone in this place needs to realize that if I can just pull myself up and say I'm going back to the altar, I'm going back to the presence of God, I'm going back to hear another word, oh, from the holy word of the Lord, I'm going back to receive, amen, a little more strength and encouragement from the preaching, I'm going back, amen, to worship God, though my physical body is racked with pain and I feel the pressure that has bowed me low, I'm still going to thrust my hands in the air. I'm still going to cry out, hallelujah. I'm still going to sing the songs. Oh, come on, because I had lost my expectation. I haven't lost my hope that something's going to break at some point, at some day, at some place. It's going to happen. It may be this Sunday. I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to the house of God. And when I get there, I'm not just going to sit with my hands clasped. I'm not just going to sit there as a woe me mentality but when I get there I'm going to worship God I'm going to praise God I'm going to give thanks to him And that day she came after 18 years. Hope showed up. Hope was in the house. And hope looked back to her and said, Lady, oh, be loosed of your infirmities. Woman, thou art loosed. This could be the day of liberation. This could be the day that spirit that you've been fighting, you're suddenly freed from. The chains fall off. Don't lose your expectation. Don't lose lose your hope. Don't lose your desire. Don't lose your thrust. Don't lose that hunger for God. Somebody raise their hands. Somebody cry out to the Lord. My God. My God. My God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel like praying right here. I feel like talking to God right here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Come on, don't let the devil attack your mind and tell you that it's never going to change. It's never going to get better. You're just going to have to learn how to live with it. Amen. No, I didn't come to church with that kind of mentality. I didn't come with that kind of attitude. Oh, no, I didn't show up today with that kind of spirit. Oh, no, I come with an attitude that today could be the day that I'm loosed. This could be the day that I find liberty. This could be the moment that things change for me come on I want to preach to you this morning I want to help somebody. Amen. I said I want to help somebody. Oh, you gotta keep you gotta keep thrusting through. What about Matthew chapter 9? That lady we often preach about who had an issue of blood hemorrhaging from her body uh, for 12 years. That's a that's a long time, folks. 12 years left her frail, anemic, emaciated, and uh, weakened in her condition. And she wondered if it was ever going to change. But somewhere she conjured up that expectation, that essential element to getting a breakthrough is expectation. Expectation said, hey, he's coming down the road. This could be my chance if I could only but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. If I can just touch something that's touching him, I may not be able to touch him for myself, but if I can just touch something that is touching him, some of you don't feel worthy. Some of you don't feel like you can touch him yourself. But if you can just get close enough to somebody that is touching him this morning, maybe, amen, by connecting with that person and that person connecting with him, enough faith, enough enough of the power of God, amen, can be transmitted to you, amen, and the power and the virtue that you're looking for, amen, you can be made whole. The Bible says that when she scrambled into that street and she did touch him, the scripture says that she immediately felt, and she felt the witness. I'm going to tell you, you don't need me to lay hands on you. You don't need any other minister to lay hands on you in order for it to happen. Sometimes it happens that way. But I could be preaching right now in this service and something turn over, something happen. You feel something click in your spirit. You feel the power of God touch you where you are. And immediately you say, there's a change. There's a difference. I, I don't feel the same. Come on, that's the power of the Holy Ghost. That's the power of this anointing that I'm talking about. That's the power of what I preach. Oh, somebody stretch forth your hands to the Lord. That's the hope we have. Oh, yes. There's something deep flowing into this room right now. Amen. First, we were inspired. But I believe that something deep is going to flow into this room. People are going to be ministered to in just a few moments. I'm not going to be much longer. The Hebrew writer described hope as a refuge. A refuge. Refuge is a place you run to. Refuge is a place that you go when you have nowhere else to turn. Refuge is a place that you trust as a fortification against an attack. It's a place that you have confidence in that's sure and stable and steadfast. He referred to it also as an anchor. Amen. An anchor. You know, an anchor is good, but it's not any good until it's hooked on to something solid. Oh, an anchor is wonderful. But it doesn't do much good as long as it stays in the boat, right? As long as it's on a supply shelf somewhere, it's not doing much good. But somebody has to have enough confidence to let it go and, and really allow it to go into the depths. And down there it latches a hold of a rock. It comes lodged up against and hooks a hold of a rock or, or some, some type of structure, maybe a reef on the bottom of the sea. And it holds tons of weight of a ship in the current 
that has been tossed and, 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 and turned every which way. But suddenly, when that anchor catches hold of something solid, something that cannot be torn loose, amen, that, 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 is, uh, that is the hope that I could survive the storm. It doesn't matter what's happening up here on the surface. I got, I got an anchor down here. I got, I got something solid that I'm a hold of. I got something, amen, that is not superficial. I'm going to tell you, so many people latch a hold of things up here that, that are fluid, that are changing, trends and styles and people. Amen. I'm going to tell you, if you put your faith in people, you're going to be a miserable individual. Amen. But if you learn how to put your faith in God, he'll never fail you. He'll never lie to you. He'll never break your confidence. Hallelujah. Trends will change, but he'll never change. Styles will change. He'll never change. Amen. People be voted in and out, but he can't be voted out. He's always the same. He's always on the throne. He always will wear the victor's crown. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Cup your hands to the Lord. Come on. Somebody needs to let you anchor down. Oh, that takes faith. That takes confidence that there's something there that I can get a hold of. I'm going to tell you, you got to have that confidence to let it go and let God move in your life. you got to have that confidence to not just depend upon your flesh. Look where your flesh has gotten you. It's gotten you into the more despair and more heartache and more pain. Look where your decisions have gotten you to. Oh, more heartache, more pain. But I'm telling you, when you depend upon his wisdom when you depend upon his strength when you start looking to him life gets better life is more sustainable I want everybody to focus their mind on what's going on right here. Amen. Somebody latch hold of what I'm preaching here this morning. God is going to minister to someone in this house. First Samuel chapter 30 gives us a story that to me is is filled and rich with so much meaning about what I'm talking to you about this morning. The Bible says that David and his men had built up the city of Ziglag and they were using it as a outpost or a place to go from and to engage in skirmishes with the enemy. The enemy began to monitor this and they began to surveil them and see when they were gone and what their routines were. And they, while they were away, winning a battle somewhere, getting victory somewhere else, they came to their homeland. They came to Ziglag, the city that they had built. And they ravaged it. The Bible says that they destroyed the city, burned it with fire took all of their wives and their children and they stole them away and took them captive. And so while they're coming home with a celebratory attitude that we're going to celebrate the victory that we won somewhere else, they come home to devastation. And they look and they see the billowing pillows of smoke as they ascend into the air. And their hearts sank because they knew what had happened. And the Bible says when they realized, when they got a little closer and they examined what had happened and what had went on, they realized the city was not only attacked and burned, but their children and their wives were taken from them. The Bible says they were so filled with disappointment that they wept until there was no power to weep. They wept until their voices were so hoarse that they could not speak. They wept until tears would not come, would no longer flow down their cheeks, but they were still broken. They were in miserable despair. I'm going to tell you, disappointment, disappointment, we all have faced it. We all have to deal with it. But I just want to give you a little I just want to give you a little bit of wisdom here this morning that I feel like the Holy Ghost has laid upon my heart. 
And I want to talk to you and, and help somebody here today. Disappointment doesn't just lay dormant in somebody's spirit. When you're affected and you're, you, you have disappointments in life, you have to deal with those disappointments. You can't ignore them. You can't act like that they don't exist. You can't just turn a blind eye to it and say, well, with time, it'll get better on its own. You can't have the attitude that, that uh, this disappointment will just go away if, if I will just, you know, not engage it and I don't have to deal with it. Uh, if I sweep it under the rug, and if I put enough dirt on it, it'll go away. I can bury it. I can bury it deep within my emotions. And I don't have to, have to deal with it. I'm going to tell you, these kinds of disappointments, disappointment doesn't lay dormant, but it has a way of developing and growing. And if you don't deal with it, at its beginning stages, if you don't get down there at the root of it and deal with it there, it develops, and we see it in this story, it developed into anger. Anger. This disappointment, this hurt uh, developed into anger. And they turned and said, David, if we hadn't been off on these skirmishes, if we hadn't been off attacking other people and taking care of other people's problems and dealing with other people in other places, if we'd have been here taking care of our own problems, if we'd have been here dealing with our own situations, if we'd have been right here in our own own home and, and dealing with it here, this would not have happened. We'd have been here to protect our families. We'd have been here uh, to guard against uh, this relentless attack uh, of the enemy. We would not experienced uh, this disappointment had we been here. And it turned to anger. And they, 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 they begin to blame. They begin to assign responsibility to David. David, this is a result of your decision as a leader in taking us away. And so that is human nature. Sometimes when disappointment comes, we, we want to find somewhere. Where, what do we blame this on? Why did this happen to me? Why is this taking place? Oh, sometimes it's not anything but just like the farmer that woke up the morning and looked out on the field that was supposed to be planted with wheat and he looked around. Amen. And he saw tares growing in among the wheat. And he said, why has this happened to me? And it was told to him, an enemy hath done this. You don't blame this on some other individual. You understand that an enemy, you have a spiritual foe that has done this. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your home. He wants to destroy your last bit of security. He wants to take down and decimate your life. Amen. You've combed over your life and said, well, if I'd have done this different, if I'd have done that different, no. Amen. Likely it would not have changed so much. Amen. You just have to recognize you're fighting an invisible foe. You're fighting a spiritual force. You're fighting an enemy. An enemy had done this. He wants to take away your effectiveness. He wants to take away your worship. He wants to dissolve your prayer life. He wants to decimate your faith. An enemy had done this. So they said, well, this is this is why this happened and they blamed and they didn't deal with it there. And it turns, if you don't deal with it, it not only, it won't stay at the anger phase, it'll get into the deep resentment and bitterness phase until it consumes your life. And this is where people lose out with God. This is where people begin to doubt the existence of God. They begin to think that God doesn't care about me. He doesn't hear my prayer. Or why would God allow this to happen? You have to realize that we're living in a world of sin. We're living in a world that is cursed with sin. We're living in a world, amen, that is affected by a spirit, the prince of this world. Sin is abounding in this world. But I'm thankful that grace, if I can only get my focus off the negative, if I can only get my focus off the bad, I can get my focus on Him. Grace does that much more abound. Amen. If you're looking for hope, there's more hope than there is anything else in this room. I said if you're looking for God, there's more God 
then there's problem in this room. There's more faith than there is an issue in your life in this room. Somebody throw up your hands in desperation and say, God, help me not to lose my expectation. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The Bible says that David, he dealt with his problem different. He dealt with his, he was just dis- dis- disappointed. It was his wife, it was his children, it was his family, it was his home, it was the city that he had built, it was what he had put his time in and his investment in just like everybody else. But he dealt with it differently. We need to deal with disappointment the way that David did. The Bible says that he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. There's times in life, my friend, you better learn the art of encouraging yourself. If you're looking for somebody else to get the pom-poms out and to cheer you alone, you may be a long time waiting, but you can always come into the presence of the Lord and say, God, I'm here. Amen. I may not feel like being here, but I'm here and I'm going to worship. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put my faith in you. Amen. I'm going to believe you. All of us have had to get ourselves by our shirt collar right back here and say, let's go to the house of God, oh boy. Amen. Because there you're going to find hope. There you're going to find a remedy. There you're going to find a solution. It's there that you're going to get the answer. It's there that the breakthrough. You're not going to get it sitting on the couch. You're not going to get it at home. You're not going to get it feeling sorry for yourself and sucking your thumb. You're not going to get it. Amen. Be moaning your situation. You're going to get it when you get yourself up and encourage yourself in the Lord your God. Bible says, he said, I know how to get out of this. I know how to get out of this. He called, he called for an ephod to be brought to him. And the ephod was brought. That is a garment of praise. Amen. That is a garment that was used by the priest in service in the presence of the Lord. And that is often referred to as a garment of praise. He put it on. He said, I know how to get an answer. I know how to get out of this. Amen. I got to have faith in the lowest point of my life to worship God. I got to have faith when it seems like I can't get my chin up. When it seems like that that the pressures of life have pushed me down so far. I got to have faith to lift up my hands though they may be weighted by all the pressures of life. I got to lift my hands. My voice, it may not want to, but I got I to gotta lift my voice in praise and thanksgiving unto God. Oh God, I give you the praise. I give you the glory. I lift up my hands to you knowing that you're in control. And after he worshiped, he looked over there at the priest and he said, now I'm ready to hear from God. I want to know something. Do we have just to live with this? Do we have to just get by with this? Do we just stay here and rebuild and try to make it and try to survive and just let them have our children and just let them have our wives? Do we just let them decimate our homes? Amen. Is that the way it's going to be? We're just going to be in survival mode from here on out? He said, or should we pursue? Amen. And the word of the Lord came back. Pursue. I'll surely help you to recover all. I want to tell somebody it's time to get up. It's time to dust yourself off. And it's time to pursue. It's time to pursue your joy. It's time to pursue your peace. It's time to pursue your old prayer life. Your old anointing. It's time to pursue your happiness and your completeness. It's time to pursue. Amen. Revival. It's time to pursue salvation for your family. It's time to start praying bold prayers again. It's time to start believing God in a big way again. Pursue. Would you stand with me right now? Let's lift up our hands to the Lord. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel something breaking up here that I haven't felt in a long time. Yes! I still feel a little inhibition to cry out. I still feel a little 
inhibitation to go ahead and let it all go. What would somebody else think about me? What would they say? I'm supposed to be at this level as a child of God. I'm, I'm not supposed to have succumbed to these things. I want to tell you we're all in the same boat. We're all living in the same world. We're all facing similar problems. No big eyes, little U's here. No super spiritual, super saints in this place. We're all striving. We're all endeavoring for the same goal. There's no no shame in crying out, calling on Him. If you feel like it, it's all right to cry out with a loud voice and weep. It's all right to make your petitions known. My memory serves me correctly. It was John Stockdale in Vietnam. I think that he was captured, placed in what they called Hanoi Hilton, the worst prison camp in Vietnam. And they knew that John Stockdale was highly ranked and had information. And so, of course, they would try through their severe torture and punishment of him to get him to speak these secrets of the military. Use him as a propagandist against They would show those videos of these men that had been persecuted and tormented so long they lost their minds and something snapped and they would begin to say whatever the communists wanted them to say. John Stockdale had a steely resolve. When they would take him and beat him within an inch of his life, He would only give them his name, rank, and number, which was what was permissible through the code. And they continued this process day after day to try to break him down. And one day they were particularly unmerciful as they beat him relentlessly. And they brought him back and his fellow prisoners they saw as they put him in that solitary cell. Threw him in there with that rat infested, damp, dark cell. He said he was lying there on the wet concrete. Could feel rats scurrying over his motionless body. Bleeding out of his wounds feeling like he may die because he was slipping in and out of consciousness he said I heard a tapping he said at first it was annoying I, I thought those other prisoners I wish they would stop don't they realize that I'm in pain don't they know I'm suffering don't they know I'm broken don't they understand where I'm at my situation just kept tapping, kept tapping. Suddenly realized there was a sequence to it. Because in those prisons they had a way of communicating through these sounds. And they were passing messages one to another. But he noticed something that this message was for him. He noticed through the tapping and the continual relentlessness of it, he could, he could hear, he could hear his name was being tapped out on the prison walls. Mr. Stockdale, 
Mr. Stockdale. God bless you, Mr. Stockdale. He said, it may not seem like much to you. But he said, that little message that somebody took the time to tap across, that rang through the prison corridors, was enough to give me the courage to make it another night and to live to see another day. When I preach here this morning, Somebody says, why was so much exuberance? Why was so much fervor? Why was so much excitement? It made it seem like annoyance to you tapping on the wall. Why don't you just leave me alone? Just let me be. But I can't let you die. I can't let you go without hope. I want to tell somebody before we leave here today. It may just seem like tapping on the wall. It may not seem like we're getting anywhere. But if you can hear it, there's a message in it. The hope we have is in Jesus Christ. The hope we have is in Him. Hallelujah. If there's somebody that wants to come to this altar, I open up this altar this morning. The hope we have is not in this world. Amen. You've looked every, everywhere you know to look. You've tried everywhere you know to try. You've done everything you know to do. Come on, why don't you try him again this morning? Why don't you make your way to this altar today? Why don't you lift up your voice to the Lord? I, I'm going to try to tap it out one more time and tell you that we have hope today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on. Somebody get your mind harnessed. Get your mind fixed upon the Lord today. Come on. Amen. Oh, put the blinders on all the distractions and all the hindrances and all the things. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. We're, we're reaching for souls. We're reaching for somebody that's hanging on by a thread. We're reaching for somebody that doesn't feel like they can make it. Oh, somebody's struggling. I kind of remind you that you can, that you can.